this is Suzanne King with King's Committee, and today's episode is going to be about financial statements for those of you who haven't studied business, if you're a non-business major, or if you didn't go to college and you want to start a business and you need to figure out how to read and understand financial statements, I wanted to share that with you. Again, Suzanne King, I am running for governor in the state of Nevada, and I have two degrees in business. And I wanted to share really briefly some sort of easy ways to understand a financial statement and how they're put together. So the two that I'm going to talk about today are an income statement. An income statement is also sometimes called a profit and loss statement. And then the other one is a balance sheet. And so an income statement or a profit and loss statement shows what you've earned over a period of time. And let's think of it in terms of one year for the ease of conversation. On an income statement, you're gonna start at the top with sales, what you sold. Also, you may have heard it referred to as revenue or gross revenue. That's how much you've sold. And there's all sorts of ways that you could be really, really detailed and you can itemize that or break it out into different types of sales you made. So if you have, or if you're thinking about starting a hair salon, you might have sales of hair color services, and then you might wanna break that out between hair color services, hair cutting services, and when you sell say some shampoos or conditioners or styling products, so services and products, but all together combined, the big number of what you sold in a year is your sales. And you're gonna subtract from that your cost of goods or services sold, cost of sales, cost of goods sold. That is how much it costs you to be able to sell that product. So if it costs you $5 to buy a bottle of shampoo and you sold it for $11, your cost would be the $5. But when you book your revenue, it's gonna be the 11. So 11 minus five is $6. And we call that your gross profit sales minus the cost of goods sold or your cost of sales is equal to your gross profit. Now that doesn't include how much you have to pay for rent or utilities or your telephone or anything like that. That's what we call operating expenses. So in the next section down on the financial statement, you're gonna see something called operating expenses. And that includes things like advertising, accounting, legal expenses, And again, maybe your rent, your utilities, telephone, employee expenses. That's going to be in your operating expense line. Now, if you had a very complicated business where you had labor that was making a product, we are talking about a bigger business, then sometimes your labor would be considered part of your cost of goods sold because you couldn't make what you're going to sell unless you had people helping you do it. And so that type of labor goes up in your cost of goods sold. But if 
if you hired someone to work inside your office and help you with your computer work or help you with filing or maybe answering the phones, that's going to be more like an operating expense type of employee expense. So if you add up all of your operating expenses and you subtract those operating expenses from your gross profit, you're now going to have something called operating profit. And you may have heard someone say EBITDA and you nodded your head and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, but you really didn't know what that meant. EBITDA is E-B-I-T-D-A. And what it stands for is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Depreciation is recognizing how much something costs, but depreciated over the course of time. And usually that's a fixed asset. Amortization is kind of like the same thing, but it's for an intangible asset. So a fixed asset, and we'll get to this on the balance sheet, is something that you can touch or hold or kick if you have to. And an intangible office, uh, an intangible asset is something that you own and you can use for your business which helps your business, but it may not be something that I could put in your hand and you could put in your pocket or that you could hang up in a closet or that you could uh, set down in the trunk of your car. And I'll explain that when we get to the balance sheet later. But EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Sometimes it's the same thing as operating profit depending on your business. And sometimes it could be slightly different. And then you may have also heard someone say EBIT. Well, that's just earnings before interest and taxes. They just left the depreciation and amortization part off. So depending how someone is presenting the information, those three terms, operating profit, EBIT, or EBITDA, could all kind of mean just around the same thing. It just depends on how they want to say it. And sometimes when you value a business, you apply a multiple to your EBIT or EBITDA figure. And that's in like a, just a simple, easy way of communicating the valuation of a business. It's not the gold standard for evaluating a business. That would be discounted cash flow analysis. But if you just wanted to really quickly convey a value, sort of like a lingo, it would be a multiple of say EBIT or a multiple of EBITDA. So just to review, you have your sales, you minus your cost of goods sold, and then you're left with your gross profit. When you subtract from your gross profit, all of your operating expenses, then you're left with your operating profit. And when you subtract out now what you paid on your interest and your taxes, then you have what you're left over, what you can eat, E-A-T, earnings after taxes or net profit. Now, when you're trying to grow your business, if you're trying to grow a high value business, there are two things I want you to think about. How fast you can grow your sales and how high you can make that net profit. Because when you're looking to grow a business, you need to pay attention to both. And sometimes you have to invest early in order to have high velocity or a high growth rate in your sales. And you need to be mindful of what your profit figure is going to be going forward. So that's your income statement or your profit and loss statement. 
And sometimes you may hear someone talk about margin. What kind of margin do you have? What's your gross profit margin? What net margin are you talking about? I'm going to tell you how to calculate that. Okay, remember I said sales minus cost of goods sold equals gross profit. Okay, take your gross profit and divide it by your sales number and you're going to get a percent. That's your gross profit margin. Now go down to what your operating profit is. Take your operating profit, divide that by your top line, your sales. That's your operating profit margin. And then if you want to know what your net profit margin is, take your net profit, divide that by your sales, and give you a percent. That's your net profit margin. So when someone's throwing out margin figures at you and they're talking about, well, what's your profit margin? All they are is asking for a percent that represents what percent of your sales does your gross profit represent or your operating profit represent or your net profit represent. So if someone's being really sassy with you and they're trying to make you feel bad by talking about margins because they don't think that you know what they are, why don't you ask them which margin? Do you want my gross profit margin, my operating profit margin, or my net profit margin? Okay, so let's talk about your balance sheet. A balance sheet is a snapshot, a snapshot at one point in time. It's like taking a selfie. It's like a taking a selfie of your business. How you looked in that one selfie is not gonna be the same as how you look in tomorrow's selfie. It's a snapshot. It occurs at one point in time. And a balance sheet is like the scales that balance on one side You've got your assets, and on the other side, you've got your liabilities. So when you're looking at a balance sheet, sometimes they put them, the columns side by side, assets on one side, liabilities on the other, or they stack them on top of each other. But they relate to one another, and I'm gonna explain how. Let's first take a look at your assets. In the department, general category of assets, you have different departments. There are current assets. Current assets are typically those things that turn over in a year. So during 12 months time, you're going to change it out. And they are things like cash, because the, the dollar that you deposit in your bank account today isn't going to be the same exact dollar. It's going to go do something over the next 12 months and then you'll replace it with other dollars, but it changes, it, it evolves, it revolves. So cash, accounts receivable, that's what people owe you because in your business, you're going to want people to pay you when you provide them a product or a service. And you're going to want them to do that, generally speaking, depending on what kind of business you run, I'm going to think that you're going to want them to pay you before a year's over. So current assets involve accounts receivable, accounts that you're waiting to receive the money, and also inventory, stuff on your shelves and in your stock room. Those are your current assets. Then there are, there are other current assets as well, like prepaid expenses. For example, if you pay an insurance policy up front, you haven't yet really used everything that you've paid for 
So you accrue it, that's prepaid. So that's also a current asset. Let's talk about fixed assets. Fixed assets are things like land, buildings, furnitures, or furniture, fixtures, and transportation vehicles. Those things are fixed. Those things, except land, you depreciate over time. And there's something called a depreciation schedule that helps you chop it up into little pieces and depreciate it over time according to a schedule so that you stay on track. Now there are intangible assets. Here's where the fun part comes in. Intangible assets are things that you can't put in your pocket, put in the trunk of your car, hide in the back of your pantry. Intangible assets are things like intellectual property, brands, trademarks, copyrights, patents. Intellectual property is related to creativity. And so when you have a business, if there's something that you created and you don't want someone else to copy it and make money off of it because you created it, you need to cover it. And that is going to involve reaching out to an intellectual property attorney and you're going to pay some legal expenses and those legal expenses are going to go where on your operating expenses. But hopefully it'll be worth it because you'll be the proud owner of some intangible assets, otherwise known as intellectual property. So when someone asks you if you have any assets, if they're trying to make you feel badly about that one, you can ask them what kind, current assets, fixed assets, or intangible assets. Intangible assets are those things that get amortized over time because oftentimes intellectual property, when it's awarded by the U.S. Patent Office, you have rights to cover it for a period of time. So you amortize that intellectual or that intangible asset over the period of time equal to its coverage. So that's assets and that's usually on the left side of the balance sheet. And so if you look at the right side of the balance sheet, here are your liabilities. Liabilities are the things that you owe. They're an expression of a risk because oftentimes liabilities are secured by your fixed assets. So I'll give you an example. First, we're going to talk about current liabilities. That's things, that's something like a revolving line of credit. Human beings have those, they're called credit cards. Revolving lines of credit, you can also get them at your bank if you have a business, and accounts payable. Because when someone owes you money, you sold them something, they said, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy that from you, but they haven't paid you yet, they owe you money, you're giving them short-term cash flow financing because it's come out of your pocket and you're waiting to get paid, but meanwhile, they're enjoying what it is that you sold them. And so it's a liability on your balance sheet, accounts payable, when you're waiting for someone to pay you. Interest payable. Oh, I'm sorry, accounts payable is what you owe. You're waiting to pay something to someone. Accounts receivable is what someone owes you. Accounts payable 
is what you owe someone else. So to complete the thought there is when you owe someone money and you're waiting to pay that, they are giving you short-term cash flow financing. When someone else is supposed to pay you and you're waiting to get paid, the reverse holds true. And that's the cash flow cycle because sometimes you're waiting to get paid and sometimes you're waiting to pay someone else. And so it's this revolving cash flow cycle. And when you get paid, you put your cash in the bank and your cash goes up. And that's how it turns around. And interest payable is when you get a, say you receive a bill related to a loan that you have and you owe someone some debt service or a payment. There's a piece of it that you're paying back what you owed, the principal piece, but there's also the interest component and that's your interest payable. And so until you make that payment, you owe it and it goes on your liability section, your current liabilities because they revolve in usually a year or less. You can also have something called insurance payable. So your current liabilities should offset your current assets. And the idea is that you want your current assets to be a little bit more than your current liabilities because there's something that sometimes bankers will run a current ratio and they sort of measure, you know, are your current assets a little bit more than your current liabilities? Because from a cash flow standpoint, they don't want you to have more to pay that you're supposed to pay others than you're actually going to be having coming in. And so when you think about your current assets and current liabilities, you want them to be sort of balanced, but you want to favor having more current assets than current liabilities. Okay, then we go to long-term liabilities or long-term debt. And that's when you have a loan, it's usually secured by fixed asset. And it could be, say, a three-year loan for something, maybe a piece of equipment. If you needed to buy a, a building, you're gonna have maybe a much longer long-term debt. You might have a 10 or 20-year note on it. And your long-term liability is something that you'll have to pay attention to because if you have a fixed interest rate, that'll give you a little bit more comfort over those number of years. But if you have a variable interest rate on your long-term debt or your, your note or your long-term liabilities, then when we go back to your operating expenses, your, or your P&L statement and the the income statement, not the operating expenses, but right below that, your interest expense. If you have a variable interest rate on your long-term debt, over the course of time, your profit and loss statement or your income statement might be negatively impacted and that will affect your cash flow as well. So you wanna think about what kind of interest rate you're getting on your long-term debt because it affects your income statement, not just your balance sheet. 
Okay, so sometimes people will ask you, well, what's your equity in that? What's your equity? And you're wondering, well, what is equity? Okay, assets minus liabilities equal equity or net worth. You sometimes use them interchangeably. Usually you would use net worth for an individual and equity for a company. But you could kind of apply this balance sheet to an individual, couldn't you? You could look at it and say, well, gosh, you know, I have cash in the bank and I have a credit card and I've got a house and a car and then I have a note on my house. Yeah, I could make a balance sheet for myself here and you subtract your liabilities from your assets and you could figure out what your net worth is. That's possible. But in a business, you're going to subtract your, your liabilities from your assets. So assets minus liabilities and that's going to equal your equity. And equity is spelled E-Q-U-I-T-Y. So I hope that gives you a little bit of a exposure to some financial statements. An income statement, also called a P&L, profit and loss statement, and a balance sheet. A balance sheet is just a snapshot in time. If you run your numbers, you write them down, and you look at your balance sheet, and maybe your equity, your assets minus your liabilities, isn't as high as you want it to be, and it gives you something to work on. You now can see how the numbers all work together, and it'll help you pay attention, attention to how you're running your business in the future, or if you're considering starting a business, having an idea of how this works will make your conversations with your banker go much more smoothly. So I wish you all sorts of success and good luck with things. My name is Suzanne King and I made this message all by myself. Bye.